Welcome to the Unified Podcast, where we talk about God, Christian culture, and life in an attempt to bring unity and maturity to the body of Christ, demystify the supernatural, and find God in the ordinary. I'm your host, Justin Heckel, and my co-host, Caleb Carpenter. How are you doing tonight, Caleb? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing awesome, and it's good to talk to you again, man. We always have fun with this stuff. Always. So we've been talking about how it's pretty much impossible to mature without unity. And that really what unifies us is purely Christ crucified and the power of his resurrection. But even though this is what unifies us, many of the topics that are dealt with at the cross still can seem surrounded in controversy and have variations of how they're carried out and even bring immaturity when there's a lack of clear teaching on some of these. And so last week we were talking about purity. Um, This week we're discussing... (laughs) mercy and grace we wanted to tackle these two together because they often go hand in hand there are quite a few times where the terms are mistaken for each other and so we'll kind of go over you know what is mercy what is grace uh where are they confused for one another so caleb just a quick breakdown we'll both kind of give our little takes on it but what is your little your self-defined version of what is mercy and what is grace well probably the most simplest form of it would be mercy is something that's shown towards all of mankind from God and grace is basically what helps us carry it out. You know, one is, could be like a characteristic versus one is an action. Like, I guess, you know, when, as mankind, we sin, God shows mercy towards us because he loves us. And then he gives us grace so that we can now access his salvation and then overcome that sin in its most simplest. Totally. No, that's really good. I know probably a lot of people have heard this, Mercy is not getting what we deserve um, because Mm -hmm. we deserve punishment, but grace is getting what we don't deserve. It's getting all the goodness that we don't deserve. And, and I would say that where mercy is kind of mercy is not getting that punishment. It's not getting God's punishment, but there are still consequences that you get. Um, Like some of those consequences are, Man, you shouldn't be able to enjoy life because there's shame. There is Mm -hmm. sorrow over things like this, like when you sin or whatever. But God's grace comes in and allows you to still have joy in the middle of everything, to still have peace in the middle of trials and things like that. And so, so yeah, mercy is not getting the bad things that we do deserve. And grace is actually being able to access the goodness that we don't deserve. And it's also giving us the power to walk out um, Mm -hmm. on the Christian life. So, um, but I can see where they get confused for one another because they're like two sides of the same coin. How do you talk about one without the other really? Right. And, you know, as I'm, as I'm thinking about it, you know, as we've been talking about and kind of the theme of what we're talking about to help bring unity is, you know, we've really been focusing on our identity, like who we are in Christ. So that way we can bring unity. That moment when we decide we're going to become followers of Jesus and we surrender our life to him, you know, that's kind of like that mercy is a part of the identity that comes on us that, you know, we don't deserve, we deserve the consequences and we deserve death for our sin, but mercy came and changed that, right? And so, totally, you know... You know, that's it become it really is what ushers us into our identity of Christ is really out of that mercy. And then 
grace, I mean, the very definition of grace is empowerment. And, you know, it, it, it what allows us to now live the way he wants us to live or enables us to walk out that calling that the Lord has for us. Right. Absolutely. And I like that addition to it because it's kind of like, it doesn't just deal with sin. Grace Mm -hmm. isn't just about, about giving us the power to not sin, although it does that, but it's, Also, the fact of anything that we carry out is only by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And so I like that it's it takes it further than just, oh, it allows you to not sin. It's like, yeah, no, it allows you to live good. You know, and, and, you know, something I hear a lot is grace covers a multitude of sins. You hear that a lot, but that's not really true. Now, mercy, his mercy covers our sins. It doesn't excuse well, and the, and the verse says love. The actual verse right. says love covers a multitude of sins. Exactly, yeah. and and that's what drives mercy is his love for us. That's kind of where people interchange the two, is because because like one moment someone might say you know grace covers our sins, and then the next moment it's you know by grace I do this, or they're not wrong, but there's a little bit of a confusion on it. I know for young believers sometimes that's hard to to see there and be like well so what is grace really because it really isn't clearly divine defined all the time totally and when we've talked about it before it's kind of like a door in in a Mm -hmm. in a wall and it's like that door is necessary because either that door is there or i can't walk through it but at the same time that wall has to be there to hold up the door Uh, like there's no purpose to the door being there if there's no wall as well so they go hand in hand or you know you could be a little goofier and say peanut butter and jelly, but, but with the door and the wall, it's like, it's like, look, that wall makes sure that there's another room or something that you can step into. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if that wall wasn't there, there's no purpose for the door being there. But if the door is not there, then there's no way to get through the wall either. Exactly. And that that's exactly why it's so hard for a lot of people to talk about it. And, and, you know, when it comes to a lot of times people say greasy grace. Um, and I think really what they are confusing a lot of that, those times too, when they're, when they're talking about grace in a perverted manner, like I can do what I want because of grace. For one, you're not talking about grace. You're talking about mercy mm-hmm. because that mercy is saying, hey, look, if something happens, God still has mercy on me. But if you're talking about grace, you're ac- you should actually be saying, hey, I have grace. And so therefore, I don't have to sin. I have the power mm-hmm. to walk out a holy life. If God called me to exactly. live holy, he's given me the power, the grace to walk out that holy life. Right. And that's his faithfulness toward, towards us. Come really. on. And, yeah. and again, and that's where we, we, where we go. It's all centered on him. Even if I can walk that out, it's because it's centered on him, not because it's centered on me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but even when they talk about mercy in that way, even though, I mean, they're mistaking the two, but when they talk about mercy that way, they're actually perverting it. And we'll kind of get into that, but they're actually perverting it because I'm, I don't really have, you know, before we've talked about different ways, the different denominations take the topic that we're talking on because we want to fill those gaps where there's been divides in the body of Christ. Exactly. I don't know any specific denominations that talk differently about mercy and grace, but where I see it happen more in the church, the splits over it does have to do, well, you have the greasy grace side that says I can do whatever I want because God's got me covered where they're really... Mm -hmm. They're, they're perverting it. The, the truth is, is really it's more on the mercy side that it gets perverted. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're really talking about is the mercy side. Because they either say, I can do what I want. 
because God's got me covered. And then the other side, people can be on that judgmental side to where they're like, they judge someone and it's like, well, yeah, 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 but God can have mercy on that person too. And they're like, yeah, except they're a horrible person. You know what I mean? And, right. and it's that judgmental side, like as though God doesn't bestow mercy on that person too. So those are the, the two places. Again, it's, it's either they're too lenient or they're too judgmental on it. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's the only places that I've seen really a, much division in the church over stuff like that. But it's not typically a doctrine. It's typically individuals mm-hmm. who are split on that. Yeah, it's, it's not like a personal translation of it. And I mean, that's really where like the ultimate grace message comes from as well. Right. Um, And it's really, it's a perversion of the mercy message carried over into grace is really what it is. But I think, I think this is actually a good place to actually put in our, uh, one of our scriptures. Totally. uh, In in Psalm 116, because, you know, we can, we kind of want to define that mercy and then kind of define, you know, how we need to lift up our salvation because, you know, mercy is for everybody. You know, his mercy is shown towards everybody. So, like, now where does that covering stop? And when do we actually pick up that salvation, you know, towards the Lord? So, Psalm 116, verse 3 through 5. And then we're going to hop down and go 11 through 14. Mm-hmm. So, here David is saying, Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. Whoops, actually went into six there. Hop down to 11. In my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Obviously, he keeps saying, man, how good the Lord is, how merciful he is when we're going through things, how merciful he is, even though we're sinful. You know, he says, death had its ropes wrapped around me. Like I had no way of getting free on my own. But then what I like is he says, so what can I offer the Lord? And, you know, we know the truth is, is I can't offer the Lord anything. What's the other scripture that says, you know, what, what do we have to give that isn't given from him anyway? And this is what makes salvation a free gift is that his mercy is there for everybody because we can't offer him anything. Right. Exactly. So that's why I love what David says here is, so what can I offer the Lord? And then he goes into verse 13 and he says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. So he basically says, I'll actually just live in that salvation. What can I give him for Mm -hmm. salvation? Oh, I'll live in it. I'll live in that salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. What I like is that he, to me, he kind of goes into the grace area. So that was mercy is like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't get out. I couldn't do anything. And so now I'm just going to live in the salvation he's given me, you know, is, is kind of the, the grace side. Now we're going into the grace side. So he saved me. I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. That's the mercy. But then he says, I will lift up the cup of salvation. I'm going to live in that salvation and praise him. And then I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. So it's kind of one of those things of like, I'm going to carry this out where this salvation goes. I'm going to carry it out, which is kind of the grace side. I really, I've been really meditating on this scripture and this message of, you know, what the Psalm 
116, where it does talk about what could I give the Lord and then I shall lift up the cup of salvation. You know, we have to remember, you know, this is really a relationship. You know, it's, it's not some formal thing. It's, you know, God wants to be intimate with us and we need to want to be intimate with him. Yeah, and come so, on. So many times I see so many believers that get stuck in the mindset of what shall I give to the Lord <laughs> for what he's given me? And then they, and then it's like, I'm nothing. And, and then you just, you know, all of a sudden you've been dis- defeated and it's like, you haven't lifted up that cup of salvation. Come on. Um, that is there for you. You know, you know, you haven't had that. You haven't accessed that grace because, because the focus has been put on, I have nothing. And, and it's so easy for us to look at ourselves and be become deceived because I don't have anything to offer to the Lord compared to what he's offered me. So I was actually really thinking about this earlier. I was talking to someone about it, you know, in regards to sin. I mean, how can we, if we think that way, how can we overcome any of the sin that's in our life? Come on. You know, well, it, you know, he's like, he offers this to me, but I can't overcome anything because I feel unworthy. And it's so many of us feel unworthy. And for some sins that were in my life, I, you know, I had to come to that point where it's like, I'm actually hurting the Lord's heart because I'm not right. allowing you know, I'm actually not lifting up that cup of salvation. I'm not actually walking out grace with him. And, you know, grace is really comes out of that intimacy because he's putting that grace in us. It's a part of who he is to help us overcome, help us walk in that salvation. Totally. And, you know, that's that's actually great to go into our next verse, which is Titus 2, 11 and 12, which says, For the grace of God has been revealed bringing the salvation to all people. And then verse 12 says, and we are instructed to turn from godliness or turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Mm. And, and another verse actually says his, it actually instructs us in those ways in another version. You know, how can we live a godless, you know, how can we turn from godless living, sinful pleasures, uh, how can we have wisdom? How can we have righteousness and devotion to God in this present world without grace? Well, again, it's it's like, um, you know, it's it's so funny because we say if it's God's will, it's his bill. You know, we've heard mm-hmm. that before um, in some circles. It's a common phrase. If it's his will, it's his bill. Well, according to Jesus, it's his will that we are holy because he said, be holy mm-hmm. as your heavenly father is holy. And, you know, he said, uh, to the woman at the well, you know, he, he said, now go and sin no more, you know, or the woman caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, now go and sin no more. The deal is, is that if he said it, then he, it's his bill to pay, right? If, if he says, Hey, go do this. We have no argument for saying, I can't possibly live a sinless life because if he commanded it, then I have to rely that on the fact that his grace must give me the power to carry it out. Right. Right. And he did pay that bill. Totally. He did. Totally. Uh, Again, it's like, how do we constantly say that he set me free from sin, but then we go back to saying, well, I'm trapped in this sin. You can't, you can't honestly tell me that you're trapped in that sin. You may be choosing to go back to it. Right. And that comes back to what I, what I was just saying, you know, we need to make that choice to, you know, do I want to continue to hurt the Lord's heart? Uh, Do I want to continue to, because he loves us. It really is that picture of, it was Hosea, right? Who married a prostitute? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was the picture of Christ in the church. And she kept, you know, she'd go back to the sinful 
things and it, it was really a picture created so that we could be like this is what's happening you know, this is what we do to god right honestly with things i've battled with until i get, came with that choice or decided that you know i don't want to hurt god's heart anymore like there's no way i want to continue to live like this i always kept going back totally and and you know it's it's free choice and so many times i think because it'd be so much easier if we didn't have free choice Sometimes we try to, the emphasis may not be so much on grace because we don't want people to have that free choice. Like, no, live this way because this is how God wants you to live. <laughs> right. uh, religiously do this and you'll overcome your sin kind of thing. You know, but it, without grace, it can't happen. Well, and like, um, it, it's like what it says here in this Titus verse, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Right. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures but then he says, and, and this is by the grace of God, he says, we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward to the hope, with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. But, but the, yeah. the point is, is we should live in this evil world with wisdom, mm -hmm. righteousness, and devotion to God. Yeah. He, he's given us grace, so let's make the choice to live that way in this present world, you know, looking forward to that, you know, so, so let's live with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion. Absolutely. I mean, we've kind of touched on it a bit, but what does it look like when someone is still walking in either of these immaturely where they're not really growing They're They're maybe hanging on to some false teachings about it. What are some practical things that you've seen some ways that it looks and what are some ways that it should look, should work? What are ways that you've seen it in your own life or seen it with others? For me, again, I don't know if I said this before with purity because I feel like these kind of go hand in hand with purity. You know, and again, mm -hmm. this, is, this is kind of all how, you know, a lot of times we want to split our thought process on what goes on in the Bible up. Like this is talking about purity. This is talking about mercy and grace. This is talking about my soul. This is talking about my spirit. This is talking right. about my flesh. We break everything up. But the truth is, is that God wants one whole being and unity. <laughs> and so it's like they that's why all these topics actually interweave. And I feel like when there's a when we have studied everything on its own and we get it all disjointed, that's that's where we start seen some things get messed up but when we tie them all together uh when we talk about them in the right places they typically overlap so i don't know if i right. talked about this with purity or not but it's kind of the same thing where if um if you're taking the mercy and the grace of god for granted and you are just saying well he's got me covered the sad part is is that i typically watch you stay in the same place for way too long and i've been there before where it's not necessarily that i kept sinning on purpose or something like that but mm -hmm. because i didn't 
really acknowledge the weight. It's really more acknowledging what it did to Jesus and what he did for us. But because I didn't want to like look at it strongly enough, and I just kind of, I took it for granted that you stay in the same place over and over. I mean, it's basically not taking accountability for yourself. And so you end up staying in Mm -hmm. the same place. And actually, this is a great point that I wouldn't have thought of other than kind of going into it here. But Paul says to some people, he says, you know what, by now you guys should be teachers, but you're still on milk. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing. You know, I guess one question that I ask is, are you further along this year than you were last year? Are you further along this year than you were five years ago? Because if you're dealing with the same issues and if you're going to the same stuff, I'm questioning if you are a, if, if you're truly taking in the mercy or if you're just taking it for granted and, and perverting it. Mm-hmm. And secondly, are you really putting faith in his grace? Because putting faith in that grace actually is what allows you, it, it propels you to. And maybe that's something that we go into in another episode as well. But, but you and I know what it looks like when you're living in a good flow of his grace Mm -hmm. versus when you're trying to struggle on your own and figure every detail out and you're trying to muscle it out. It's a lot easier to put faith in his grace and you get carried along a lot easier when you just put your faith in his grace and the, the power that he's moving you along. So, yeah. And that, that's essentially what James is talking about when he says to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Because so many times, you know, you can hear about mercy and you can, you can, you kind of know generally what it's about, but until you become a doer by his grace, you know, things just won't change. Right. But yeah, so on one end, it it really looks like you're stunted purely because you won't mm. acknowledge that you have an issue. The, on the great, that's on the mercy side, on the grace side. When you're not giving enough weight to the grace, it really tends to look a lot more like you're not going as far, not because you're not acknowledging you have an issue. It's because you're not acknowledging the, that you have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's two different things. One is saying, I'm not acknowledging that there's a hole in my sail. You know, that, <laughs> that's, that's right. the mercy side. If it, I'm not acknowledging that there's a hole in my sail. The other is saying, I'm not acknowledging that I have a sail and putting it up. You know what I mean? It's right. It's like here on one end, you, you need to fix that hole. On the other, you need to acknowledge that you have the power to be moving faster and you're not wanting to put it up and, and, and just go. And, you know, I, I've seen where some people can actually abuse grace too. To the point of where it's like grace gives me the right to do this when you don't have the authority to do that. So, you know, where, you know, I've seen people and you can see this with people who don't really understand the prophetic realm too much to where they think grace gives them the right to speak into some people's lives on levels that they don't have the authority to. That's really good. Uh, mm -hmm. That's so true. So that's something, you know, we have to, you know, you have to be aware of when talking to other people is, you know, like, do I have the grace for that? Is that something the Lord has called me to and then allowed me to speak into? Or is it just something because I think I can because I have grace? That's really good. 
I'll, I'll say I've had to uh, have some conversations with people because a lot of times, too, when you feel that you have grace to speak into people's lives or to speak into a ministry or something like that, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, you really haven't put in the time or, or the relationship or whatever to for them to value what you're saying, you do want to be able to tell them a uh, make sure you have grace for that. So I'm glad you actually brought that up because um, that is, uh, it's probably a bigger issue in the Pentecostal side of mm-hmm. things, I would say. I I don't yeah. necessarily know where it'd be in others, but like you said, in the prophetic realms, that can really be an issue. And it's a, it's, a lot of it's just a learning curve too. Just uh, wrapping up here, how do we see Jesus and scripture talking about these? I mean, we've kind of talked about our own walk a little bit. I will say that there have probably been way more issues in my life regarding not seeing the great, not actually seeing the grace in my life. Mercy was never, mm-hmm. I feel people who really value Christ and the cross don't tend to have as much of an issue with the mercy side. And, and they right. like, they actually feel, you know, when they sin, they, they feel the weight of it. They, they don't like it. You know, if they're really trying to foster that intimacy with Christ in that relationship, they, they don't want to grieve the spirit and they don't want to hurt Jesus. Like how it says you're crucifying him right. all over again. Um, right. They, they don't. And let's not get caught up in the terminology of everything too, you know. It does. It really does come down to all of our relationships with Jesus personally. Totally. So like for me personally, I'll say it was more the the issues in my life probably came more from not acknowledging the grace that God gives for multiple things. A, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but the grace to walk a holy life, you know, for too long, I heard, well, you know, you're always going to deal with sin and things like that. And it's like, whoa, but God gives, if he said, be holy, if he said, go and sin no more, I have to believe that he gives the grace to actually go and sin no more. I mean, where are we going to draw the lines on those kind of things anyway? Like you wouldn't tell someone who is a, a homicidal maniac, maybe next month you can only kill three people, you know, and, right. and maybe you could taper it off over time, you know, but we do that with other sins. And it's like, no, if I believe that he would give that killer the grace to stop and to be free from that murderous lifestyle, then I have to believe he gives me the grace to live free from every other type of sin too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Bible is- it, it puts a lot of things forward about us personally, like following Jesus, that it's like we have to just believe, you know, there's more than just the status quo. Like, I mean, you know, he calls us his sons and daughters, his joint heirs uh, made in the image of Christ, uh, becoming formed into the image of Jesus and uh, crucifying ourselves with him. We can do all things through him who strengthens us. And, you know, it's we just have to put our faith in him and access this grace, because if he says it, how can we ever just live a substandard version of Christianity? Right. Totally. You know, it, it's it's so riddled through the New Testament of what he says about us. It's so easy to all of a sudden fall back again to like what's said in Psalm 16. What should I render to the Lord because of what he's done to me? Let's let's get past that. Come on. Amen. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's similar to 
like how Paul says all the time, you know, like how he's saying by now you should be teachers. And he says, Mm -hmm. um, can we get past the elementary teachings? You know, it's like there, there are so many things he wants to take us into, but a lot of times we stay stuck on all these elementary things and we don't Mm -hmm. grow because we're not putting enough weight on the grace of what he wants to carry us into. You know, again, if I don't believe in the grace to live sin free, well, then how do I also believe that he has power for me to live a magnificent lifestyle? You know, like all the time we go, oh, but Moses, oh, but David. And it's like, but you have the spirit of God mm-hmm. within you. You should be going, yes. man, what what more could I be doing? You know, if Jesus in three and a half years did so many things that if it was all written out, there wouldn't be enough paper and pen in the world to contain it. You know what I mean? Then it's like, then it's like, how much more should we be able to say the exploits of the church right now are so vast? You know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. and, but yet I feel like when we don't feel when we don't chase that grace on our lives, when we don't go, that grace is leading me on and pulling me into Mm -hmm. greater things. I feel it's easier and easier to, to drop the grace to live sin free because if I'm not doing what I should be doing, then it's very easy to start doing what I shouldn't be doing. And, Mm -hmm. and it's also because you let your mind get defeated because your imagination is a gift from God to help you run into those new levels of, of things that you should be walking in, to help you create a new book, to help you create a new business, to help you, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, your, your imagination is a strong thing. But if you don't follow that grace that God has given you to think up those things, then you will use your imagination to think up other things as well, or right. to dwell on things that you shouldn't be dwelling on that cause fear or depression or perversion or whatever you can think of. So your imagination, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, it's better for us to believe in that grace and chase that grace out. Let it draw us on. Yeah. Let's ask the Lord that he would give us revelation on that grace. Because, you know, we are called to be overcomers. Totally. Um, and through his grace. I got, I got a great verse here to close us out. Uh, something for us to think upon this week. And we'll probably post it later as well. Ephesians 2, uh, 5 through 7. Um, it says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness or mercy towards us in Christ Jesus. Amen. So God, we thank you for who you are. Hmm. We thank you that you have provided mercy for all of us. We thank you that your love for us is tangible and real and the real thing. And God, we just thank you that you went beyond that, that because of your mercy, you then decided to give us an inheritance. You gave us grace. You gave us the ability to walk out everything that you have ordained for us and promised for us. You didn't leave us hanging, but you were there with us the whole time. And God, we thank you that you you are delivering us, that you have delivered us from sin, that you continue to give us power over sin so that we can walk out the promises and the plan you have for us so we can become more like you. And we just ask that for anybody that's listening to this, that you would just be with them, that you would take them into a deeper level and into new realms as they continue to seek you. And we thank you for who you are and everything that you're doing, God, in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Caleb, just thank you again for 
hopping on here with me for for being my co-host and and journeying on and thank you for everybody who's journeying on with us man and just blessings as we go on into our week and let's get unified Thank you.